Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron Sports Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. Welcome, everybody, to the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Here it's April 16th, and we're excited to have you along with us today. We have an action-packed show with you. We have a fantastic guest joining us tonight. That's going to be the beautiful Amy Dash. She's an attorney, two-time Emmy winner. She has a wealth of knowledge, and Amy is an official legal assistant and analyst for CBS Sports Radio and a national correspondent. She's going to be discussing some legal issues about some of the players that are involved in the NFL. So you're going to have that. Definitely, she's a great person to have on our show. We're, we're honored to have her. We're delighted. And on top of that, we're going to have other great things. We're going to get you up to date on the NFL. We'll do that for you. We'll also discuss Julian Edelman's retirement. We'll also get you up to date on the world of baseball, golf, and, of course, boxing. I got a little bit of a boxing feud on Twitter going on. A lot of boxing fans are getting at me. I'll let you know some insight about that. I'll also go over the results in the boxing world that happened Saturday night. So I'll kind of let you know my thoughts on the outcome of those fights that we predicted. They did end up being just like we predicted here on the Allen & Aaron Sports Tech Radio Show. I was uh, want to thank Top Rank because uh, I was able to be a part of the press conference for all all those fights that happened Saturday night. I got a chance to interview the guys that were involved in the fights, each one of them, both the winners and, unfortunately, the losers. And thank you again to Top Rank for allowing Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show to be a part of the press conference. I will go over those results and my thoughts about Saturday night's fights. And speaking of Saturday night, we got a fight that's coming up as well. I'll go over the, my predictions with the Jake Paul and Ben Aspen fight that's going to happen this Saturday, tomorrow. I'll go over my details of who I think is going to come out victorious, what you can expect. And definitely here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk radio show, it'll be uh, myself tonight, Allen. Unfortunately, Aaron couldn't join us here tonight, but it's going to be a Definitely an awesome show for you guys. We definitely invite you to be a part of the show. It's done live right now. Feel free to voice your opinion, debate with us, whatever you like. We don't hold any grudges. We love to hear your opinions, and your opinions are valued to us. You can reach us by calling in at 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. 5572. And a great thing about our show is that, you know, this is all in fun and entertainment. Nobody hates anybody. Everybody, it's nothing but love here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Arc Radio Show, whether you agree with us or disagree with us. But we're going to stand by our opinion. We're not going to back down from that. We'll let you know our thinking and why we come up with our thoughts. And our thoughts usually do have a lot of research behind them. So if you're going to give your opinion, that's quite all right, but at least let us know why you think 
what you think, and we're going to go ahead and do the same. But it's all done in fun. And the great thing about having Amy on is that she's going to discuss the current legal issues that are facing Deshaun Watson. We had uh, we did talk about Deshaun Watson when the story did first break about his troubles and things that are going on for Deshaun Watson. We'll also be able to talk to Amy and get her insight on the likelihood of Alex Rodriguez becoming part owner of the Timberwolves. You know, he was trying to get the Mets, and I know that the deal didn't fall through. They kind of went back and forth, and what ended up happening, he was actually outbid by somebody else. Imagine that. Alex Rodriguez and J-Lo was actually outbid by someone else and didn't get the uh, part ownership of the Mets. That's debatable whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I know Alex is, is hungry for becoming an owner of a team, and it seemed like he's got at least the, the wheels turning in negotiations with the Timberwolves. We'll kind of delve into that to see what is his likelihood of him succeeding and becoming part owner. Uh, speaking of owner, the news did come out today. Uh, congratulations does go out to definitely NBA star Dwayne Wade for becoming part owner today. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring on the beautiful Amy Dash. Hello. Hey, how, how you doing you so far tonight? Very good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking, Amy. Really appreciate you joining our show. It definitely, it's an honor to have you on board with us today. And oh, thank you. That's very nice. Oh, you're very, very, very welcome. You know, I, I know that you know a lot about the situation, about Deshaun Watson and his uh, legal woes that he's dealing with. So I'll, I'll kind of ask you, what is the likelihood that Deshaun Watson at this point, Wolf have to face any NFL ramifications for the allegations that are going on? Well, it's, it, I don't want to say he definitely will, but it's looking like more likely than not that there'll be some sort of suspension as long as the NFL can find credible evidence from at least to support at least one of these allegations, which mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be too difficult because there are so many women coming forward. They don't have the same standards of proof required in, let's say, a criminal venue. So they really just have to find, you know, a preponderance of the evidence, enough credible evidence that they could conclude on their own, even that he committed the acts that he's accused of, and he would have no protections like what he would have in, in a criminal courtroom if he were being accused of a crime. So the NFL has really wide latitude to suspend or punish for anything that could be conduct detrimental to the league. So I think given the number of accusers, if they find that there's even a shred of evidence to support one of the accusations, he'll probably be suspended. Now, how much and how long, it's really hard to tell at this point. Wow. So he's really, from what I'm gathering, what you're saying, he's he's basically going to hear one side of the story, not even hear his, and the NFL can judge according to that. If that, if that well, makes they'll, sense. they'll listen to him. They'll give him an opportunity to put his side forth, but he won't have, you know, a, a, be able to put on a full defense. A lot of times in the past, for example, you know, sometimes they haven't allowed people to confront their accusers. They don't mm-hmm. follow the same procedural guidelines as you would see in a courtroom uh, where 
you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, you know, what happened that you can bring in witnesses to ca- to attack the credibility of your accuser, where your attorney can cross-examine the accuser, where you're privy to all of the evidence in the case. Those rules are not the same in the NFL arbitration or the NFL, you know, so some people call it kangaroo court. The NFL <laughs> makes its own rules, and that's up to Roger Goodell and, and the arbitrator as to what evidence to admit and whether certain people have to testify or not. And so there's been a lot of criticism over the years of the NFL reaching its own sort of criminal conclusions, which you might call pseudo-convictions, without all of these other protections or high thresholds of burdens of proof that have to be met, like in a criminal process. Yeah, that's very interesting that you brought up that point that, you know, it's supposed to be innocent to proven guilty, but in court of NFL, you're right. It's it's really pretty much what the evidence shows, and they're going to go based on that. And my question to you is, I know Deshaun Watson had a lot of interest in moving from Texas because he didn't feel he's getting the support he needed to win games. How does this all come about of all these accusers coming up now that he's really in a sense, trying to leave Texas? Does that look like it just like women trying to catch money because he's trying to leave the state and go to another team or from a legal standpoint, how does that timing look for the people that are kind of accusing him of this crime? I don't think you, you know, in in a conspiracy world, I think it would be difficult to show that 20 some are women all mm-hmm. came together, you know, at the same time and raised very similar claims. I just, I don't see that as how it unfolded. I think one person probably came forward and other people saw the the allegations when they were publicized and other people felt they had similar experiences and decided to come forward. Now, whether the experiences that they had constitute criminal behavior or sexual assault is still to be determined, but I think that this was just a natural evolution of one person coming forward, the case becoming public, and people catching wind of it, and some of them coming forward maybe for the for the right reasons, and some of them maybe for the wrong reasons, or none of them for the right, or none of them for the wrong. It's really hard to tell. Just because a couple people may have valid claims doesn't mean everybody has valid claims. And sure, is there a possibility that no one has a valid claim? Yes, there's always a possibility. But I think it's it's less likely when you have this number of accusers that there's not merit to at least some of what they're saying. Um, it doesn't mean it constitutes a crime necessarily. But, you know, obviously things happen that made certain people feel uncomfortable, and that's why I think you're seeing so many people coming forward. Another possibility is that um, because – one of these accusers and her lawyers had reached out to Deshaun Watson months prior to this becoming public. So another reason maybe he requested a trade is maybe because he felt that he was about to be accused of something and he wanted to leave town. He didn't want to have to deal with what's going on now. That's just complete speculation on my part, but I really don't think the Texans had anything to do with it because it just, it wouldn't behoove them to have somebody that they have to pay money to, they can't use and then they have to sit and wait for this whole thing to play out which could take months no i agree with you i don't think the texans are involved in this at all it's just that from what a lot of people have been stating about this case is that okay he wanted to get traded he asked to be traded that was no secret and basically he wanted to leave town then a couple months later all of these accusations start popping up of 
misconduct. And not just like you said, one, but 22 cases have popped up right when he's really basically trying to leave. Now that could be part of it. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure, but it just looks like, okay, he's trying to get out and leave all of a sudden. Now these women are, are basically saying, okay, you did, you did something wrong when he's basically a foot out the door. So, a right. lot of people... so that, that could, that could t- happen to any athlete who slept mm-hmm. with a lot of women. Right? <laughs> that, I mean, and that's probably covers most athletes. So it's like, if you take most athletes who either are not married or are not faithful to their wives and access what's available to them and sleep around with a lot of different women and then they request a trade, you would have a lot of women coming forward demanding money from a lot of athletes every time they requested a trade if that was if there was validity to that. So obviously something else is going on here, you know, with this particular person. Um, but what exactly, I think it's still open to interpretation until we see all of the evidence. We should really reserve judgment, but I understand what you're saying, you know, but also you have to understand there were, there are women in other states who have come forward and some of them have said that the incidents took place in other states, not just. Oh, wow. So yeah, so it's definitely, you know, it, it's the innocence of proven guilty, but you know, where there's a lot of smoke, unfortunately it, there's usually fire there. So, I mean, I definitely hope that somebody, you know, they get to the bottom of this, whether it goes for Deshaun or, or against him. I hope they get to the bottom of it. I definitely hope there's restitution in it. And, and you mentioned a, about players. How can, you know, since you're a legal expert, how can players avoid situations to the best of their knowledge? Obviously, things happen in life. How can they avoid situations like this and like Aaron Donaldson where, you know, people are just trying to get an edge, you know, they are targets. How could you legally maybe do the best you can to avoid situations like this? That's a really good question. I think it's difficult to answer because it could happen to men and it could happen to women. You know, Mm -hmm. it could could go both ways where when you're alone with the person and either you're in an intimate relationship or you're not, or something happens, there could always be an accusation that the man or the woman, though that that doesn't happen as often, you know, took advantage of the other person or sexually assaulted the other person. And if there's no witnesses and there's no video, which usually there is not in private situations, it becomes a he said, she said. And then it really comes down to, I think, the reputation of the person. Um, and for for women, at least, if something does, in fact, happen to them, the best thing they can do is report it right away and also go and get go to the hospital and get medical evidence that would prove it because otherwise it becomes really, really difficult to prove that anything happened. Um, and then for men to avoid it, I guess I would say just know who you're associating yourself with and um, make sure if you're a high profile person that maybe you're not exposing yourself to too many people that you don't know who might have ulterior motives to try to access you know, your resources. Yeah, that's, that's some great advice to live by, you know, definitely be careful who you hang around with and don't be, don't let your guard down too often for people you don't know, because you're right. You let in the good plus the bad, unfortunately. And I I know you've been covering, you know, on topics on a different topic about Alex Rodriguez becoming part owner of the Timberwolves. 
what is his likelihood, you know, I know that he's moving forward towards that. What is his likelihood at this point of actually making that a reality of him being co-owner of the Timberwolves? Oh, well, it sounds like it's pretty good because um, the people he's negotiating with really seem to like him. It seems like they have more than an agreement on just deal terms. It seems like they, they get along really well as people. Um, so I think that makes it a lot easier when you want to work with somebody and you trust that, you know, the ownership of the team will be safe in that person's hands and you sort of set your rules as to that, that which is what's happened, that the Timberwolves would stay where they are in their location, the fans would, you know, he wouldn't be able to move the team and he's agreed to that. And there were other conditions placed on the ownership stake that he's been fine with. So I think since you have that combination of people that get along, like each other, are in agreement on the material terms of the deal, it's probably going to move forward um, unless, you know, there's there's really a big discrepancy between some of the monetary terms. Yeah, and, you know, you're right. I guess but usually that doesn't happen. Usually they set the deal terms before they would announce something like this. They would set the material deal terms. That means, you know, the price, the major conditions, and then they just have to work out some of the little little things here and there. Yeah, so, so it sounds like it's on the up and up. It's going in the right direction for Alex. And, you know, we hope that uh, he does get to land a deal and, and become part owner. I know he's been trying for a while now, so I hope it works out for him. I wanted to let us know a little bit about yourself. How did it feel to be an Emmy winner? Oh, well, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but still, I guess I still have bragging rights about that. Um, you know, I was a, a local news reporter for many, many years when I was younger, and I worked really hard. And um, the way that I decided I was going to make it to the New York City stations, which are very hard to get into, um, is I was going to start out, you know, at the local stations in New York. And I one-man banded and enterprised my own stories, but... In the news market, if you have exclusives and you're able to get exclusive interviews with people, it really helps you stand out. So, um, of course, that comes in handy when you're applying to for an Emmy. Um, so I was able to get a lot of exclusives, and that's really what helped catapult me to the New York City market um, for, a, for a major flagship station. And then there, I worked with just a great team of people, and so luckily some of our work was recognized. So that was a while ago, though. But I appreciate you hey. bringing it up. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Hey, you know what? It's still an accomplishment. It doesn't matter when it happened. You won an Emmy. Not many of us have won one of those. So <laughs> on your behalf, oh. <laughs> that's something. And you know what? Proud. They make money off of it, too. They make you pay for the statue itself. But it does look nice on the shelf. <laughs> it really does not make you pay for it. But that would be nice. Yeah, I mean, still, you know. Keep it, keep it looking nice. Keep it clean, and <laughs> it's something yeah. you should be proud of. It's a of. business. The Emmys are a business, just like everything else. You have you know. to, you have to pay to apply. You have to pay to go. You have to pay when you win. You know, it's a whole thing. Wow! So it's <laughs> everybody's. See, you're ready to scoop now. But you know, congratulations <laughs> on it. <laughs> you got Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. And. And, you know, definitely we appreciate you coming on to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk radio show. Oh, How can people pleasure. reach out to you if they want to get your, your legal advice? 
Well, I don't give legal advice, so that's actually um, not possible because I don't want to get sued for malpractice. But I do um, I do give my opinion on the sports stuff, and I give my hopefully unbiased, fair of analysis on it. So they can follow me on Twitter at amy-tv and the same handle at Instagram and at um, TikTok and I have a social media person who has me all over the place. So I do, I do try to answer as many questions as possible on those platforms. Yes. So definitely if you want to get her opinion on something that can possibly happen, she's going to reach out to her at amy-tv on Twitter and also all of her social media platforms. I'm also going to make sure that we follow her on all of her social media platforms and I know she's following the show, so we really appreciate you doing that and being our guest today. It's been a, definitely a great pleasure having you on our show and the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We we wish you all the very best and success, and hopefully you get <laughs> some more awards in the future. Oh, I hope so. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. You have a great weekend. You too. Okay. Thank you. That's so awesome that we have – Amy Dash joining our show here. That is fantastic. Definitely um, Emmy, two-time Emmy winner. And I'm going to give her a round of applause for that. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. It's always great here on Allen and Aaron's Plus Radio Show. We have fantastic guests to give us legal advice. And hopefully you fellas and, and women are listening to the show that you take her advice to heart. You know, it, it's it's been said before, but it needs to be repeated. Definitely be careful who you get involved with because you it's, if it's just one-on-one, it's he versus she, he said, she said. And if you don't know the person you're involved with, anyone could claim something went wrong. So definitely we wish uh, Deshaun Watson either way. Alex Rodriguez on becoming part owner of the Tim Woods. It looks good on that. And Dwayne Wade now actually becoming an owner here in the NBA. That's awesome. So definitely doing big things there. I want to go ahead and shift gears and, and talk about the NFL. And the nice thing about working hard is that you get a chance to retire. And that's uh, what Ju- Julian Edelman has done. You know, he decided to go ahead and retire, at least for what we have seen right now from football. Gronk said it's about a 69% chance that they're going to talk him out of it. But as of right now, Julian Edelman is retired. And then the question a lot of sports fans are now asking, is Julian Edelman going to be in the Hall of Fame? And I thought about this. This is a definitely a, not a slam dunk either way. I, I think Julian Edelman is a competitor. He's tough. He's gritty. But where we come out of this is that I would say yes. Julian Edelman is, in fact, a Hall of Famer here on the Aaron and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. And how you could tell if somebody's a Hall of Famer is if they're annoying to you and you're not a fan of their team. Meaning, Julian has been somebody that Tom Brady could rely on. He's a very good slot receiver. I know a lot of people used to say, oh, he's just a slot guy. Well, you know what? He has three rings. And not all slot guys in the NFL are successful. You know, a lot of defenses prepared for Julian. How could you play the Patriots and not know that Julian Edelman is in the backfield and he's a guy that Tom Brady looks to, especially in those short yardage situations? 
The thing about Julian that made him special is that he would get a ball where they needed seven or eight yards. He would get it and maybe be four yards in the route and break a couple of tackles and get seven, eight yards to get the first down. He did it several times. And me rooting against the page at that time, I'm like, oh, man, this guy, isn't someone guarding him? Well, people were guarding him, but he, would, he had skills and he had the experience to get away from them. And you know what? He was a pesky receiver. He worked real hard to get to stay on the field. And he put his heart out there on that field. I mean, he wasn't the biggest guy out there, but, man, he was pesky. So anytime somebody is very annoying to you and you're not rooting for him, chances are he's a Hall of Famer. And to me, Julian is a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he gets in first ballot. It's just, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers would probably be a guy like Gronk who has a little bit more rings, has more yardage, and has all the all the things along with it. I would say he's Gronk would be top tier. Julian would be one tier right below. So I think Julian gets in. He may not get in the first first go around. But, um, you know, one person said, uh, okay, if Heinz Ward di- didn't get in, then Julian's not getting in. Well, that's, that's debatable. I mean, Heinz Ward had a great career, but they're different. They're different. They're very different. And the Patriots, they lived in the playoffs. It's just, I know Heinz Ward had a season. He had great, you know, he, he's, he's a, a Super Bowl MVP. But when you're talking about the Hall of Fame, it's over your career. Julian has had a great career. And what I definitely want to do now is then, you know, you can let us know. What are your thoughts? Do you think uh, Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer? We like to hear what you guys like to think. We're going to shift gears into Major League Baseball. And a round of applause goes out to Carlos Rodin for his no-hitter. You know what? It's not easy to throw a no-hitter in the major leagues. You know, it's just you're facing guys. No one can get a hit. You can get a little fatigued, tired, and let a ball grow where it shouldn't be placed. Guy can hit it out of the ballpark. He can get a very nice hit. For you to throw a no-hitter in the major leagues, that is a huge accomplishment. Your ball, your hat, they go to the to Cooperstown, and it gets on display. It just goes to show you that it's not easy. and I definitely have to tip my hat to Carlos for throwing a no-hitter for the White Sox. And, you know, I also have to give credit and homage to Jackie Robinson. I mean, they celebrated Jackie Robinson Day here on the on the 15th. And I have to give him his props because it's so nice that you can now look at a Major League Baseball field and see guys that are brown and black on the field. I know that there was always some debate, oh, Jackie Robinson killed the Negro Leagues. You know what? He didn't kill the Negro Leagues, in my opinion. He gave the Negroes and players another option, is what I believe. You know, he started playing Major League Baseball. Guys like Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr., we've had the the great Dowell Strawberry on our show. Dowell Strawberry, and he talked about a lot about Eric Davis being their number, Eric Davis having his number 44 because of Jackie Robinson, you know, and, and also it, it, it's um, because, uh, number 40, 
for because of Hank Aaron and also because of Jackie Robinson is what who started it. And that's what it comes down to. Jackie Robinson, he, he's a great ambassador for the for Major League Baseball. And definitely he's somebody that paved the way for even a guy like myself to play baseball. So, you know, Jackie Robinson, I, I have to give him all the credit and all the love. And, you know, later on, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, we, we talked about him this month. And those guys cannot be forgotten. I, I just got in the mail today. The other day, I'm sorry, I got in the mail, the Braves, number 44, a Braves uniform because of Hank Aaron. And I'm not a Braves fan. Aaron is, you know, my co-host who unfortunately couldn't be here today, but I'm a Yankees fan. But you know what? Regardless of what team you're celebrating for, a guy like Hank Aaron and Jackie Robinson, especially in the month of April, they have to get their credit and they have to get their props. So definitely – I tip my hat to them and their accomplishments and what they've done for the game. So I got a, I got a, <laughs> a number 44 Braves. I'll put it up on the show too, on our Facebook page. You get a chance to see it. Let me know your thoughts on it. But uh, definitely here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Circuit Radio Show, I'm going to talk a little bit about golf. You know, golf from a person who plays it's not the easiest sport to play. And one of the things that I heard criticism, I won't say who, but I heard criticism from somebody who's pretty big into golf about Bryson's performance at the Masters. You know, first and foremost, before I get into my opinion of it, I want to congratulate Hideki Matsuyama for being the first Japanese winner of the Masters. Outstanding accomplishment. And that definitely deserves a round of applause. You know, Hideki did a fantastic job at winning at Masters. I watched it, and I'm telling you, he played smart. And he he got a couple of breaks that went his way. You know, golf is such a difficult sport that you have to shoot really well in order for you to be in contention come Sunday. And that's the last day. And he was doing really well. He had the lead. The lead got shorter. And then what ended up happening, the gist of it was he had a hole and the ball ended up going in the water. And before you know it, he only had a two-stroke lead instead of a four-stroke lead. But fortunate for him, on that same hole, his competitor who was right behind him also did not do so well in that hole. He had, a, I believe, double bogey on that hole, a triple bogey, and I'm sorry, on that hole. So it gave Hideki a chance to kind of not to hold on to his lead He played it smart. He didn't take aggressive risk. He played where he had to put the ball. He made the plays, and he held on to his lead, and he won the Masters. That is a fantastic win for Hideki to be the first Japanese-born player to win the Masters. Outstanding achievement. Now, the debate was going on this week about Bryson and the fact that he just shot par on one of the days and he didn't, he basically got eliminated, did not win. But you know what? DJ got eliminated too. 
and Rory got eliminated, and they got eliminated, and DJ won the tournament last year. Also, Rory didn't make it to the last day of contention, and so didn't DJ. So my take on this is like this. It's easy to criticize someone, but it's a lot harder for you to be in their shoes and do a better job. Bryson is an aggressive player. I think he should just play boldly and just go ahead and just try to find yourself a lane, hit the ball as hard as you can, try to land in that spot, and try to shorten the field. You need to, you know, play aggressively when you have the opportunity. I did feel one of the reasons why I don't feel is if he made it till the last few contenders to be in contention to win the tournament is that I felt as if he was kind of being a little conservative towards the end of Sunday, and that really hurt him. He, he has to be true to himself. Hey, you hit it long, find a spot that you can hit the ball at, land it, and do your thing. Because you could clear those trees, you could hit it 320 yards plus, do what you do best and just go for it. Play boldly, and I think that's the only thing he needs to do in order for him to win a Masters. I think his game is on point. I think the fact that he got kind of cautious made it so that he was just shooting pars. You know, that's that's what it came down to. I think he was like, you know what, I'm going to try to play this this course conservatively. And he did. But in order for you to be behind to catch up, you kind of have to be a little bit bold. You're like, hey, I'm behind. Let me go for it. So maybe in the future, with the other tournaments coming up later this year, he'll go ahead and show that he can do it. I think Bryson gets a lot of negative kind of feedback. And I think people are flat out jealous of him because of his driving abilities and the fact that he can stroke the ball so far that they hate on him. But his short game is very, very good. So Bryson, keep doing what you're doing. Don't let the haters get to you. Keep playing your game. Be bold. Be aggressive. And i like to see you get a massive tournament in the future. I know you already got one, but, hey, add to your trophy case. And we're going to go ahead and shift gears into boxing. <laughs> boxing has been the big, big talk for here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show the entire week. I mentioned at the top of the show that we was invited to the press conference for the fights. We thank Top Rank for inviting us and giving us that invitation. Definitely much love and appreciation from the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show for us being included. The fight, it talked about F.A. Ajaba was the first fight, and F.A. Ajaba fought Brian Howard. And I got, got a chance to, to really get into this fight and really research it. I really thought Brian was making a very aggressive move and taking a fight against F.A. F.A. is a strong boxer that has a lot of remnants, you know, <laughs> of the Bronx Bomber. I mean, this guy is strong. And just like we predicted here on our show, F.A. basically closed the show out with one punch in the third round. And that, you can see it on YouTube. It already has over a million views. It's just like we predicted. I was really surprised that it went to the third round. You know, I was really worried about about Brian, quite frankly, because he lost pretty bad on his fight prior to F.A., and I thought F.A. is even tougher than the guy he fought. I really did, because the other guy, Fort Lopez, really has to kind of get a combination on you for him to put you down. F.A. is a one-shot dude, and he could put you, put you down, and that's exactly what happened. 
I definitely hope Brian's okay. And I, it looked like he's doing good, but definitely my regards to to Brian and congratulations to F.A. Ajaba on the, the win Saturday night. The other fight was Joe Smith Jr. I got a chance to interview him, and, and uh, thankfully they had a Russian interpreter for Vlaslov who speaks Russian. But uh, Joe Smith Jr. is from uh, the same state as me. Uh, he's from New York. He's from Long Island. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And I assessed this fight, and just like we predicted here on the Allen Aaron Sports Radio Show, Joe Smith Jr. was going to be victorious, and it – a lot of people say there's bias in that, that I would pick him. No, I just felt as if Joe Smith Jr. was his time. He was hungry. His fight got delayed by two months, literally the night before because of Vlaslov having a positive test on COVID. You know, it was a bummer for him because he's all ready and ripped and ready to fight. You know, when you get ready for a fight, you have to lose a lot of weight right before your weigh-in. And he found out literally before the weigh-in and I even saw the video of that, and he looked. You could feel the disappointment. I knew two months later was going to be to his advantage because he was going to be even more determined to win because of the layoff. I know that they changed the venue from Vegas to Oklahoma. That didn't work to his advantage. He even I even asked him that on our, as one of the questions about the venue change. He did say that he wished it was in Vegas just because more of his family could have watched the fight versus Oklahoma, but nonetheless. Nonetheless, to say Joe Smith Jr. did his thing, he won the fight. Congratulations to Joe Smith Jr. on winning the light heavyweight uh, belt. (laughs) Now, the boxing feud that has been going on on Twitter that I've been sucked into, and I hey, I love the fact that I got a a feud on Twitter because I'm going to stand behind my opinion. And what the feud is about is this. We had Keith Thurman grace us and bless us with his appearance here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show back in early March. And I asked, and Keith was a great guest, I asked him about him not fighting Keith Thurman at the time that Keith, I'm, I'm sorry, I asked Keith Thurman him not fighting Errol at the time Errol wanted to fight Keith. I asked him straight up, hey, you know, this the thing. Why did you not fight him back then? And Keith explained that, hey, I was coming off an injury. I wasn't trying to fight the number one contenders at that time. And he explained that it's not that he was scared of him. It's just that, hey, he was coming off an injury. You know what? I can respect that. Boxing is a business. One of the things that you don't want to do in boxing is actually have a loss because if you know anything about boxing, if you have one loss, you go way down a list. That's one of the unfair things about boxing. You could be a unblemished boxer. You lose one fight, you go at the bottom of the list. And to me, that's unfair. The worst thing about going to the bottom of the list is going to the bottom of the list when you're not even a hundred percent. So I can respect the fact that Keith did not want to fight Errol at that time. And it's not that, he said he would never fight him. He just said, I wasn't going to fight him at this point because I was coming off an injury. So if anything, that's giving Errol Spence respect. It's telling him, hey, I'm not going to fight you now. 
because I'm not physically ready to give you 100% in the ring. And I don't want to lose, at the time, he was undefeated. I don't want to lose my perfect record fighting you at 80 or 90 or 70%. In another profession, I used to work in sales, so I can relate to that in another term. When I used to have a sales contest, and there was a day, and it was announced that it was going to be a month that in advance, and let's say it was a month that I knew I was going to miss a day or two because of a wedding or some personal obligation, I had a trip planned, something that I could not be there the whole month, and I knew I wasn't going to be there that month, I used to hate it with me being a top competitor, the number one salesperson in the company, and I couldn't compete at the highest level because I, I just wasn't going to be there. So I would hate to be in that position, being that I have to compete against the best, and I'm not going to be able to be at my best because of timing. So I can understand where Keith is coming from. People are like, oh, well, you, you're a Keith fan. Yeah, I, I like Keith. Keith is a great dude. You know, of course I like him. You know, but hey, I can understand his point too. You're not going to fight the best in the class at not being at 100%. So to me, now the tables are turned. This is the beef. The tables are turned years later. Errol has all, you know, almost all the belts. Keith just lost barely to Pacquiao. And now Keith wants to fight Errol badly. He even said on our show, he wants to fight, he wants to fight Errol. Called him out. That's where the feud comes on. We actually have a caller. I'll, I'll continue this conversation in a few moments. We have a caller coming on now. Thank you for joining us on the Allen and Harris Sports Talk Radio Show. Good evening. Hey, how you doing so far today, Lou? All right. Sorry I'm late, but I had to take care of some other business. No, that's all right. You're hey, you're right on time. We appreciate you giving us a call in today. Okay. Always. Great. All so, right. Yeah. How you been? All right. I was just flipping through channels and I see we had a thing of a, of a baseball game in New York. Okay. I didn't get a chance to see what it was all about, but uh, the Rays and the uh, Yankees were like uh, throwing baseballs at each other. Okay. I'm like, what's this all about now? <laughs> wow. Okay. You're you give it us breaking news there. Yeah, yeah, news. So you can bring us up to speed. What exactly happened? Well, I didn't get a chance to see, but I was when I was on the show. Um, my uh, partner, because the because he's in Florida, and the, we were playing each other, and we found out that they were just throwing balls at each other, and it's just like, okay, I know that they're rivals, but I didn't think it was this bad. So. Uh, I'm just waiting for a confirmed report to find out uh, why they're throwing balls at each other. Could be worse, though. Could be throwing bats. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it. very interesting. They're throwing balls at each other. You know, that rivalry in, the, in baseball, the Rays versus the Yankees, is starting to become really something because I know yes. the Yankees are very frustrated that they, they haven't started off the season very good. And I know the Rays are starting no. off very good. Yeah, well, actually, the, yeah, the Mar and the Marlins are just like trash. Yeah, I mean, I hate to see um, the Marlins kind of, you know, being that I'm a Yankees fan, and you have Derek Jeter now co-owner so of am the, I. yeah, co-owner of the of the the Marlins. What are your thoughts on on him and being a co-owner and the team struggling? 
I don't know if Jayla has a part in this, but still, I mean, that's no, that's no excuse. Oh, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they don't, I mean, they're not known for being a great team, first of all. So it's it's normal. I mean, I don't think even Jeter can say them becoming, a good, a, you know, a great team. You know, they, they've had their moments here and there, but I think we all know they're not going to be, he's not going to be enough to help this team become a powerhouse. Yeah, it, it is a tough market to to have a big winning team. Not that you can't do it, you know, definitely I, I wish him support. But I think what Derek needs to really do is to get more involved in the community of Miami. He needs to maybe have, like what the Rays did, have some concert nights. Ask his friend Pitbull to come in and throw a concert after the game to bring in more fans. I think he needs to get creative like that. Even J-Lo. Hey, pay her a little bit of money, have her come in, perform a few songs after a game. The Rays used to do it all the time. I saw a flow rider there. It's a very good marketing yeah. thing. But, hey, you know what? It brings fans. You have to do that, I think, in Miami because, hey, there's so much going on in Miami. It's just hard for you yeah, to get fans. Yeah, they could pull fans at all. So what do you think Derek could do to bring more fans to the games? Mm, I really don't know. I mean, I think they tried a lot, and they just don't seem to. They just don't seem to have it. Yeah, I, I, maybe I mean, jail on, maybe put Jill on the team. Okay, <laughs> it's always just, hey, you got to get some fans coming in. You got J Lo on the team. That's a great thought. <laughs> Much of the thought. I know it won't. I know it won't work, but yeah, I mean, hey, it it's worth a try. But it, it's you know, to your point. Derek is not going to get fans to come to the game just because no. he's the owner of the team. I think he has to drum up some other great marketing ideas to get more fan support. And I think that fan support will affect the play in a positive way. That's what I think. But, you know, they did they did make the playoffs last year in a shortened season. But when you have a season that isn't going to be shortened for what it seems like this year – it's harder for you to make the playoffs because you have to win more games. You know, it's it's not just about getting off to a great start. It's a marathon. So what are your thoughts on who's going to make it for the as far as the AL East? I think it's going to come down, well, it's hard to say right now, especially this time of year because you're really, you know, can't really uh, pinpoint this time of year right yeah. now. But I think the Yankees will be contention. Uh, if Tampa can get that together, I think they could. I really don't see um, Boston making any moves this year. And Baltimore is, of course, still a dumpster fire. So I think it'll come down to the Yankees and the Rays again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I think the Yankees definitely have gotten off to a rough start. The fans are very frustrated. But, and you know, Rays... that's unusual. That's unusual um, for the Yankees to get a full start because I've seen it before where they've had – in fact, one year – uh, they were 10 games below 500. I think it was in the 2003 season or it was, and they still came back and won the division anyway. So, um, you know, right now, I'm not really that concerned if they have a little bit of a slump because they'll make up for it. Because when they were that low before, they went right up and took care of the took care of the division the rest of the way. So a slow start is nothing new for them, and it doesn't surprise me at all. No, I agree. That's a, a great point, no, Lou. No. I think – I, I think the fans are, are making a much bigger deal than it really is. They always you know, do. It, they always do. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't hit the panic button. It's 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 April. It's no, not. anybody does it's not fair. It's, it's a fair weather fan. Oh, we suck this year. We're already uh, eleven and nineteen. We got no chance. Come on, people. Yeah, that's exactly. ridiculous. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's still early in the game. Yes, you do want to get up to a, a nice start. The Yankees have done that, and in the past, and this year they haven't. But as you mentioned. They got up to slow starts before and turned things around and, and made went on 10 games in a row plus winning. So it can happen. I think it will happen. But I, I think the Yankees, unfortunately, when they don't win, they get a lot of pressure, especially being that they have so many stars on the team. But I think they'll figure it out. I think you're right. I think they'll figure it out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it was someone who's called the Yankees almost his whole life. And I'm pretty – well, okay, I'm not really that old yet, but, you know. <laughs> no, I'm, you're, not you're, you're, I, I'm not as young as I look. <laughs> I'm really not. No, I, you know. I'm I may the same look way. young, but I'm not that young. You know, I, I, I'm the same way, too. I, I look young, but I'm not as young as I look. And sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes a bad thing, you know. You're like, man, you mean I'm your a lot uncle's too? <laughs> you mean your uncle's Dick Hart, too? No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I did want to get your opinion on something, Lou. Do you think, now that Julian Edelman is retired, do you believe Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer? Yes. Maybe not a first-style Hall of Famer, but he will be a Hall of Famer. You know, that's, that's, that's fantastic, because I was thinking the exact same thing. I... I, that's what I said at the beginning of the show that I, a lot of people were debating that. I don't think he's going to be the first ballot, as you mentioned, exactly. But I do think he is a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's got three rigs. He played on the Patriots. That, that's a team that's always been in the mix. He's been Tom Brady's guy. Not only that, but he was responsible for that complete turnaround in the Super Bowl, much to my dismay. But, uh, you know, he was, he was partially responsible for that. Exactly, and, and that's what I my point. He like, the ball for the flea in the second half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you know what? He wasn't the one inflating the ball to deflating him. So I, I think guys like Gronk would be first ballot. I would say he's yeah. first tier, but I think Julian Edelman is second tier, and I think he gets Hall of Fame. Like, as to your point, I don't. it may not happen the first ballot, but I think he gets it within the first five years of him being on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he gets it. I I definitely think Julian is a is a is a Hall of Famer, and you know what he put he played his heart out. And anybody who's annoying to you, who you don't root for, usually they are going to be a Hall of Famer in most cases. And Julian was that guy. Unfortunately, like, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm like, okay, don't you know that uh, Tom Brady is going to throw to this guy, and yet. He still would be open, or he would break tackles. That's what he would do, and he would he would get that first down. He's like, oh man, come on, are you kidding me? But Julian Edelman is 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 a tough, gritty guy. I definitely agree with you. I think he makes it the Hall of Fame. I, I definitely, I'm glad it. I'm glad it. Uh, I got your opinion on that because I was. A lot of people said no, he's not because Heinz Ward isn't in there. I don't think you compare them. I think they're two different guys. Yeah. But 
But definitely, Lou, we appreciate you joining us here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. You're definitely a, a stud, and we really tremendously appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you for coming oh, on my show. Oh, you're very welcome. Hey, I definitely I love to support your show, and you have a great thing going with that uh, on Saturdays between 5 and 7. Let, let the listening audience know about your show. All right. It's called uh, The Yankees Are in a Slump. Uh, a.k.a. the Enhanced Sports Show. We're on 5 to 7 p.m. at the East Coast time. Uh, this week, in addition to our usual feeds that we talk about, uh, it'll, be, it'll be a very unusual show because we'll be discussing sports that we normally don't cover in addition to regular features. So you might want to tune in for that. So all you got to do is call the number 512-543-4662. I'll repeat that again, 512-543-4662. If you do call, I guarantee I'll get you in. Just don't call five minutes before I end the show, though, please, because that's not, that's not going to work. You got nothing to lose. It's totally free. All you got to lose is your nerve, self-respect, dignity, and pride. That's all. Nothing else. That's awesome. So that number again, guys, is 512-543-4662. His show is from Saturdays from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. East Coast time. East Coast time. That's right. 5 to 7 Eastern Standard Time Zone. And his show is awesome. I, I called in last Saturday with Aaron to support his show, and that's what we do here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We support anybody that has any positive message. That's what we do here. So, Lou, we really appreciate you joining us on the show, and we look forward to being a guest on your show in the future, too. Thank you. I appreciate that. You have a great weekend. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Yeah, that's Lou. Always a pleasure to hear from Lou. He's a great guy, and Definitely support his show. So you get more sports talk from our show on Fridays. You get sports talk from him on Saturdays. Hey, you got the whole weekend filled up with some great, great sports talk. And and the great thing about the, the boxing world that I wanted to share, I wanted to finish up on that point is, hey, Errol Spence, if you're listening, stop the making excuses and just fight the man, Keith Thurman. Okay, I said this on Twitter. I'll say it again just in case you missed this message. I love to play golf. Let me give you an analogy. I love to play golf. In my mind, I can see myself hitting seven to eight birdies, and I can see the holes that I don't birdie. I hit pars on, and maybe three of those holes, I bogey them. But the other 14, 15, it's either par or, or birdie. I could envision myself doing that, and not only that, I could taste it. Every day I go out to the golf course or to practice, I put the hard work in, I can see myself getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. But the reason why I bring up this story to you, Errol, is because I haven't actually done it. I haven't actually shot seven to eight birdies in a game. I envision myself doing it, which is great, but I haven't actually done it. So the guys that I play with, they can't give me the credit but shooting seven, eight birdies because it's in my vision, in my mind, I have to actually show them on the course. You can tell everybody, hey, I got the belts. You don't have the belts, Keith, and I wanted to fight you in the past for, for a long time. You didn't want to fight me, and now that I got the belts and I'm the champ, you're hungry to fight me, and I don't want to fight you to show you that I'm the man and kind of bolster my pride and ego. 
that's what that is. When you make a move in business that's pride-driven or ego-driven, you normally will find out in the future, not in the moment, that you didn't make the best move. You now are in a position where you have to defend yourself. Hey, I didn't want to, I'm not going to fight him now because, hey, he don't have a belt. And more importantly, when I wanted to fight him, he didn't want to fight me. Well, Keith explained on our show why he didn't fight you because he has coming up injuries. And I can respect that. Bottom line is you need to push at the side and fight the guy. Just go up there, prove to everybody that you're better than him. Hey, this is the way you should look at it. I wanted to fight you in the past. You didn't want to fight me then. Now you're ready. Now I'm ready. I'm going to show people that I'm the man and I'm going to beat you. That's what you need to do. You need to show people you can beat him. And Black Panther, the guy did not say, hey, I'm coming for the throne. I'm coming for the throne. He didn't say, the king didn't say, oh, well, uh, you hurt my feelings and I'm not going to fight you because you hurt my feelings some time ago or you hurt my feelings right now. He said, challenge accepted. I accept your challenge. That's what you need to do. I accept your challenge, Keith. Let's go. Get yourself your four to five million dollars and fight the guy. Stop giving me this garbage. Oh, you didn't want to fight me in the past. That's garbage, man. This is what the Twitter feed is about. I'm not coming off that opinion. Fight the man. It's just like this. You could do things the easy way or the hard way. Bottom line is you got to defend yourself now to everybody while you're not fighting the guy. I'll give you a real world example. I just gave you a golf example about me having the vision to do something but not actually doing it. Today, early today, a real world experience that you can relate to, that everybody can relate to. Guess what happened? Uh, one of my insurance policies, which I'm not going to mention names, called me. and they, they basically said, hey, we need some information from you, Alan. And what they basically needed from me, to make a long story short, was they needed verification that I was married. Guess what, guys? You could even say happy anniversary to me. On July 20th, I'll be married for 18 years. So to me, it was a little perplexing and also insulting at the same time, asking for verification for me, who's been married almost 18 years, that they need to see in writing that I am married. So what did I do? What did I do? I thought about it for a second. I said, you know what? I can sit on the phone and argue for 20 to 25 minutes and get nothing resolved, or I can just go ahead and give them what they want, give them what they need, and guess what? It will be over in five minutes, no aggravation, no argument, if I just give them what they needed versus arguing for 20 to 25 minutes and they not get what they needed. They not get what they want. I'm frustrated. They're frustrated, and they still – have the bag over me because of the fact that I didn't give them what they needed to begin with. So you know what? I, I, I thought about it. I could go left or right. It's up to me. Do I want to be a hard rock or I just going to give them what they want? Guess what I did? I said, you know what? It's just not worth arguing. I got the information right here. I'll make a copy, email it to them. It took literally five minutes. They confirmed they received it. They said, Alan, thank you for sending this. Your policy is fantastic. You gave us everything you need. You have a great day. Guess what? I took the road of least resistance, and it was better for me. Let me give you a piece of advice, Errol. You're letting your ego and your pride get in front of you. You're not taking the road of least resistance because people who know that that's a bunch of garbage, that you're saying you won't fight him because you, he didn't give you a fight. That's, that's an excuse, flat-out excuse. Don't give excuses. A real king, a real man fights. 
bottom line, get in the ring, fight the guy, it's over, whether you win or lose. Rather than you have to have the aggravation of dealing with people who say, hey, you should just fight this guy. Why don't you fight him? Why don't you fight You could have just said, you know what? And I guarantee I'm giving you a piece of advice that can help you. Some years later, when you are not boxing anymore, you're going to say, you know what? I had to deal with all that stress and aggravation with not fighting Keith. I would just better off fighting him. I know I could have beat him, and it would have been done with. Same thing with me in my example I just gave you. I should have just gave – I'll just say later on, you know what? I should have just gave this information, been done with it in five to ten minutes versus being aggravated for 30, and it's still not get resolved at the 30 minutes. So the bottom line is my advice is to go ahead and show people that you can beat Keith Thurman. Don't talk about beating him. Show us you can beat him. The bottom line is his resume is good. He, he said it on our interview. You can check it out. I'm not making this stuff up. I, I always speak the truth. He said it. He beat the same guys you beat, and he barely lost to Manny Pacquiao. In fact, a lot of people on the YouTube video that you can watch our conversation, our interview on Zoom, a lot of people felt Keith won the fight. So, yes, he barely lost the fight. You could say he, he lost it by a point or two. He won it by a point or two. Either way, it was a close fight. Why are you chasing Manny Pacquiao? For a payday? I mean, the bottom line is that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get paid. You're trying to fight a guy who's semi-retired and basically doesn't, you know, he'll fight here and there. And he's 42 years old. So you're going to get paid, but you're not going to get credit. Hey, if you fight Keith, you're going to get paid and you're going to get credit. You may not get Pacquiao-type payday, but, hey, it's going to be a big draw. So you may, you might get close to it. Just go ahead and fight Keith Thurman. And let's see who's better. And with Crawford, the other part of the feud is, listen, people want to big up Terrence Crawford, and that's fine and dandy. You want to big him up. But I know the facts. Terrence Crawford at the 147 weight level has not fought somebody in the top five, period. Top five, Manny Pacquiao, Keith Thurman, Errol Spence, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia. Those are the five guys that are top five in the 147 division. Ugas, he's a very good fighter, but he's not top five. Again, no disrespect. They ain't my opinion. And then Kel Brook. Kel Brook was the best competitor that Terrence Crawford fought. But again, Kel Brook is in the top ten, seven or eight on a list, not in the top five. So, yes, Terrence beat Kel Brook. It was a big jump in in, in competition, because let's be frank, Terrence Crawford hasn't really fought many great guys. But the fact that he fought somebody that had a potential of actually beating him, you know, he actually went up a, a tick level in his competition level. Still not top five, but he went up to like six or seven on the list. And Kel Brook, a guy who I respect and is a great fighter, he beat him. That's good. But you haven't beat somebody in the top five in the 147 division. Those are the facts. So, Terrence, you should also get in line to fight Keith Thurman because at least you'll be beating somebody in that division that's in the top five. Bottom line, in the top five. If you're not going to fight Keith, fight Sean Porter. Fight Danny Garcia. Fight somebody. Don't sit around and tell me you're the best when you're not beating the best. That's, the, that's my take on boxing today. And you know what? 
if anybody wants to debate with me, if Errol or Terrence want to come on our show, on the Allen and Aaron Sports Circuit Radio Show, the same opinion I've given here is the same opinion I'm going to give back. You may not like my opinion. You may not like it, but it's warranted. And believe me, you, I get to interview. I, I'm, You know, Lord has blessed us and put us in a position that here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Circuit Radio Show, we're able to come in contact with boxers. I am the person who's going to give you the boxing input because I am the aficionado, as you would say, a big word, <laughs> of the two of us between Alan and Aaron about boxing. I love boxing. I have a major event that's coming up in June that I'm going to be at in Miami, Signature Punch Boxing Training Center. Kudos to them. They support our show. We support them. And in June, I'll give you more information about that later in our show as we get closer. I'm going to be uh, basically interviewing all the boxers in the Miami fight. Harold Calderon, and others. I'll be doing that here on the Allen Aaron Sports Radio Show, along with Top Rank and other boxing events. Boxing I love, so I will always give you an opportunity to voice your opinion on the show. And, yeah, I have my opinion, okay? It is what it is. If you have a different opinion, come on the show. We'll gladly take you as a guest, and we will we'll talk about it. But on the Twitter feed, guys, uh, you know, with all due respect, I love all you guys. I love your the banter between us, but I'm not coming off that opinion, okay? Keith Thurman should not have to fight Ugas. He should not have to go all the way down at the bottom list. I know that he did lose his last fight, and he's been inactive almost two years, but Keith Thurman is hungry. He wants to fight the top guys, and he's calling them out. He doesn't – I mean, yes, he may have to fight Ugas because, obviously, if Errol and Terrence – don't fight him. He has to kind of fight somebody. So my advice to Keith is, if you don't get a fight by the end of the summer with those two guys, go ahead and just fight Ugas, fight somebody else, and then maybe you'll get a shot. I hope you do. You earned it. But these guys are, are, are playing games, basically, to make it, make it easy for you. But I want to go ahead and send my sincere appreciation to our guest, the beautiful Amy Dash, for joining our show here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Tech Radio Show. Really sweet, knowledgeable lady. Please follow her at Amy Dash TV on Twitter. Follow her on all our social media contacts. We're going to do that here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Tech Radio Show. Great to have her as a guest on our show. We thank Amy Dash. We also want to thank Lou, our caller, Definitely great to hear from him. Great guy. Would love to talk sports. Support his show Saturday from 5 to 7. And we want to thank you, the listening audience, for being a part of the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. We don't take you for granted. We definitely appreciate you guys' input. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate all of you. And also, we're signing off. I want to say appreciation to Hank. Aaron, as well as Jackie Robinson for paving the way. And congratulations to Hideki. And for all of you guys, thank you for joining us here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Tech Radio Show. Follow us on iHeartRadio. Please also like us on Facebook at the Allen and Aaron Sports Tech Radio Show. It's Facebook, Allen and Aaron. And you could also reach out to us on Twitter. You can reach, follow me on Twitter 
Just type in Alan and Aaron. I'll come right up. And we thank you for, for supporting our show. Until the next show, be safe out there. May God bless you. And look out for each other. And definitely spread love. Thank you for listening to the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you for listening to the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. <laughs> Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.